Welcome to the Hot and Streaming Podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Steve. This is the podcast where we talk about the hottest movies. And shows on your favorite streaming platforms. Today we're talking about... Archive, Archive 81. Season 1. Episode 5. Through the Looking Through the class. Looking Glass. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like laughing at myself. And I'm Steve. I'm like, dude, you got to stop. <laughs> like, it sounds That's so what good. I keep saying, though. I keep saying the same thing. Wait, it's a nice <laughs> oh. inflection. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Cindy. All right, Cindy. Here we go. We like to start off every show with your awesome 30 second recap. Let's go. Scary and creepy things happen at the Visser, but we still don't know what causes them, including last week's seance that ended up in a bloody mess. In this episode, we learn it may be due to this weird black mold growing throughout the property. Melody finds plenty of it forbidden on the sixth floor. And Annabelle is now a talented painter who paints with, you guessed it, that mold. Is the mold the looking glass? Probably. But let's find out more. Here is Archive 81, Season 1, Episode 5. Through the looking glass. We're looking for an artist. Someone who can restore a recently acquired collection of damaged videotapes. Well, uh, what kind of damage? Fire damage. There's just one hitch. Because the materials are so fragile, they can't be moved. So you'd be doing the work at our remote research facility. Creating this archive putting this puzzle together, well, it would mean the world to everyone who lost someone in that fire. Such a good recap. And the episode opens with the 90s, a 90s news clip. Mm-hmm. And we later find out, but somebody dies on the train tracks. And we don't know if he was pushed in or if it was a suicide, but that's how it opens. And then we'll find out what that connection is later on. But I thought that was an interesting way. And I love how they're opening the episodes now. And I can't remember if they've always done this, but I like how they're always episode they're they're opening with some type of tie-in to the actual what's going to happen later on in the episode. You are exactly right. And I have that exact same comment to make. Every single episode opens with something else, some kind of video or montage into exactly what you said a part of the a part of the episode and it's such a great peak and like kind of a a prediction on what might happen or what they're going to be talking about because you're right like who dies I mean it's it's kind of a it's not like a big shocker but what it tells us is just like some things are happening to prevent uh good people from finding out or interrupting or distracting from whatever this crazy stuff is happening at the viscer and we yeah. could totally get into it later. But yeah, I thought this was such a great episode. It was so exciting. So I think exciting. The next two episodes are really, really picking up. And I am completely lost now because in episode five, you know, there is this part where if you want to get into this first. So Melody is talking to her to Dan's dad about talking to Dan. She revealed yeah. that, hey, like, I think I'm talking to your son. He's like, how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. And then so I'm like, oh, OK, time travel. Here we go. And then there's this I get I wrote down psychotic perception. Dan's dad posted a message on the mm-hmm. Internet mm-hmm. and about like putting Melody, if I remember correctly, into mm-hmm. like volunteering her for something, too. Yeah. So it wasn't the Internet. I think it was like I think it was. Well, I think it was like a note on 
community board or yeah, actually, right. yeah, or maybe it was a forum because I'm thinking the early 90s was the internet available. I'm not even sure, but you're right. Whatever it was, it was some type of community forum. He he um, didn't reveal her identity, but he was talking about how he has a patient who has X, Y, Z uh, things happening. And then this was, I was going to ask you because I didn't get to go back and watch this part, mm-hmm. but he said that another colleague had um, reached out to him and said, Hey, this is, I'm also seeing the same things happening in someone right. else, right. but that colleague, once, uh, Dr. Turner gave him more information about what was happening with Melody said, Oh, actually Melody is not a match. And right. to me, that seems so super suspicious. Yeah, it, it was super suspicious. And the, I think what the crazy thing was, I think this is what happens here because I just wrote down this, but Melody goes into and sees young Dan, right? And then some static starts happening when Dan, real life, like our present day Dan starts seeing that and just static starts happening. So I'm like, oh, time travel. This is it. This is the time travel piece. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what so I thought. True. That, yeah. I mean, all of it. There's like so many different um, points in which you feel like that's, yeah, like you said, like it's the, uh, the trigger to when they're going to like either start seeing each other or being each other's like world or whatever it is that's going on. Right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, um, uh, whoever Dr. Turner talked to that said Melody was not a match was like purposely trying to block Dr. Turner from like talking to Melody further, almost as if he's like, oh. nah, she's not a match, but thank you for telling me about it. Cause now I'm going to go snatch her up. Like that's kind of how oh, I felt about it. A good one. Good pickup. I that's no kind of what I thought was this. Oh, we'll see what happens. But anyway, I, but, but yes, it was. So then an- another really big reveal is like, um, we know from the last episode, Annabelle was like starting to like draw super crazily, just like Melody did when she yeah. was a kid. And then all of a sudden now um, Melody finds Annabelle is on the sixth floor, which is a floor that um, she that no one is actually supposed to go to. It's been locked up and and no one is allowed. But somehow Annabelle is in an apartment there because Cassandra happens to own a unit on the sixth floor. Like, what the heck is that about? (laughs) So Cassandra houses Annabelle in that apartment just to continue painting and to harness that that new artistic skill that she has. And I don't, does she let her in or you see, there I'm going to nitpick here because I, if I remember the scene properly, like Annabelle is talking or I'm sorry, Melody is talking to Cassie and be like, hey, mm-hmm. where is she? Right. Where is she, mm-hmm. Where's Annabelle? And then Melody Cassie is like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And then Cat or Melody makes a like some type of threat. And then Jess is there in the room in the room, too, and says, hey, I'll take you to the room, I think. Right. Or, or am I mixing up some things? I was so I the way I remember it is Cassandra just finally gives in and says, okay, fine. I'll take you to her room, which was really weird because yes. So Cassandra actually owns that apartment and she had the keys and she even let uh, Melody into the elevator with the key and then even clicked the sixth floor button. Like I kind of remember that part. And she's like, okay, she's in apartment six C, which I did find really weird as well, because this whole time Cassandra had been giving this diatribe of how much Melody was smothering Annabelle. And like how she was like, you know, she's got this great talent. So you would think that Cassandra would not want to tell her at all. And then she easily goes, "Okay, fine, I'll just take you. I thought that was a little um, disjointed because (laughs) it seems like Cassandra would just 
want to continue hiding her. But so why did she let her up? Maybe she was supposed to let her up. Like maybe she wanted mm-hmm. Melanie to find out more and, you know, yada, yada. But it just kind of seemed like a disjointed part of like the way the character revealed, uh, let her up there. We can get into the yada, yada, I think. Yeah. So Annabelle <laughs> has, she's painting and she's becoming a really legit painter. I mean, we later figured this out, but during that sixth floor, which Melody was prohibited, I think episode one was like, do not go into the sixth floor. Mm -hmm. She finds a room of people humming that song, that creepy song. That's that chant. Yeah, I know. And they're just like standing there, like to be that extra (laughs) and just like sway constantly. And I don't know, probably not humming and maybe it's a vocal later on, but to be that extra. But that is the creepiest hum. That That was. And plus added to the visual of just like you said, like there's like another five or six people just standing there um, in a circle, a circle. And (laughs) they're 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 just they're, they're just kind of like. They look possessed. They have no idea that she's even in the room yet. They don't hear her. They, they're not. Um, you can tell something else has possessed them. But then there's that one scene that was super creepy when they finally do realize she's in there for whatever reason. And that one girl with the super long, like dark hair yeah, yeah. looks backwards. And you think something's going to happen. I really thought like she was going to come and like, like attack her or something. But she doesn't. So again, another kind of scene Maybe where I was just like, it's scary. Oh, sorry. Well, that's OK. <laughs> But then what do you and then and then we are introduced to like another new character all of a sudden, this guy that looks like he's been super drugged out or super high. And he's like, um, where's Father Russo? You got to tell me where Father Russo is. Father Russo promised me a, a clean bed, a clean bed. Where is he? Right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was it. That was it. And the well, the other reveal we found out there was Samuel's protecting all these people and they're they're addicts right they say they're we're addicts here mm-hmm. and he went out the entire floor i'm like what the hell how does he have all this money to, mm-hmm. to rent on an entire floor of people where he's just housing them and so yeah i was like well that's totally cool. that and also like are they really addicts yeah. like you know or are you is there something else that's taken over their lives completely you know i.e whatever magic he has or or other hidden agenda or you know or now just because everyone that's been acting so creepily you're like they're just all part of whatever this larger creepy thing is but i w- but then so then that druggy guy is like somehow he convinces melody that she should um, let him into her apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like what? And she says, yes. Why would she do that? Yeah. Like the, all of those themes in this uh, in this in this show is always like to me, I'm like, why are you opening the door late at night? No, 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 no. Why? Are you, like, or, or even Melody having found this this room. Right. It was like I would never have the balls to say like, oh, I hear a weird noise. Let me go check out. No. <laughs> Like, oh, here's a druggie and he's knocking on my window from the balcony. Yes, he seems safe. Let, let me let him in. Yeah. Like, what the heck yeah. is that? Yeah. So Chris is the druggie. And I wrote down Chris Lee. He comes down from the sixth floor to Melody's room. And then I think that's where Melody starts interviewing him. And he mentioned something about Stardust, which I think I wrote down, aka mold. But yes. he was talking about that Father Russo scene. Like he promised me a bed. You got to get me out of here. Or I think that's what he said, something about that. But that yeah, that, that's when he reveals all that stuff. 
Right, exactly. And then, as everyone hopefully knows, Father Russo is the um, father of uh, the priest from the church around the corner who a few throughout the beginning of these episodes have has been trying to warn Melanie, like, you got to get out of here. This is dangerous. He's also the one that was trying to kind of exorcise Jess, if you will. Mm-hmm. And up until this whole time, you know, you were kind of like, is he helping or is he not helping? And I think we recently felt like he was helping. So it's kind of like, what happened? Who is Father Russo and what, what did he promise this guy? And then we find out that that newscast in the beginning that was talking about someone that had died uh, on the subway was unfortunately Father Russo. Yeah. Bum, bum, that, bum. I wish I saw more, a little bit more of Father Russo and before, maybe a little bit just before this episode, just kind of like a reminder. And then they kill him. But yeah, that w- he was the person who died in front of the train. And then yep. Melody goes to visit, goes to the service. She doesn't know. She's actually trying to visit Father Russo and be like, hey, you know what happened? And then she's like, you don't know. She, he died. He, he passed yeah. away. And then she's like, yeah. what? And then she's, I don't know if you want to get into this, Cindy, but she goes yeah. in and she goes into his office mm-hmm. and then she starts scooping around, scooping around, trying to figure out things. And the she finds out, I mean, the biggest reveal for me was that book, that book. And then she finds yeah, out yeah. what Kalego actually means. It's both a god and a demon. Yes. And they have a picture of Kalego and it's that yeah. darn statue that is uh, what everyone had been ch- uh, chanting or praying to um, when Melody went downstairs to that uh, cult service from a couple of episodes back. So Kalego is a god and a demon and in the form of that, sculpture thing that we saw before which is which was always has always been creepy then the other reveal from her snooping around like you said (laughs) was about samuel and samuel is like this guy and for whatever reason father russo has all the all this documentation right so uh there's pictures of samuel in, in different identities like different names and um as if uh, Father Russo was like collecting information on him. But like we learned that his name, one of his names was Virgil Samuelson that he used on one mm-hmm. of his IDs. And hello, Virgil Samuelson is the guy that's hired Dan to do this tape job. So what the heck is the connection there, right? Um, and then there was another reveal in what she was reading. Do you want to go into that one? The, if you are remember. you talking about her, her mom's ring or was Oh, well, that, yes. And then what the promise that, ring represents. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. she finds a symbol that's connected that has the same symbol as her mom's ring that she's been wearing as a necklace for all these years. Yes. Yeah. The whole till she was reading that book, she sees that thing, pulls down her necklace, and then it turns out that that symbol symbolizes something called the Baldung Coven, which is also something that uh, Dr. Turner had mentioned to Melody when they first talked earlier in the episode. So the Baldung Coven is a group of, I th- I don't know if it's a group of women or people, but that happen to have some special power. So whatever world this is that this book is describing, um, there's a Baldung Coven. And then also Dr. Turner's colleague knew about it too. So now we're starting to see like a lot of uh, similar similarities and associations with each other and that Melody is probably like there is some connection with her being part of the Baldon Coven if she has that necklace. 
yeah, this is when I'm starting to be like, okay, maybe this isn't a time travel type of thing anymore. Right. I'm starting to be like, mm, I don't think this, <laughs> I don't know how this connection with Dan and Melody is going to end up playing out, but mm -hmm. it's starting to feel like this is more of the, the cult and something behind this is what the big reveal is going to be come episode eight. In my opinion. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, and then the title too is so, uh, uh, telling because it's called through the looking glass, which I think yeah. um, talks about actually and represents the mold because whatever that mold is that Annabelle finds throughout the viscer is seemingly part of this uh, way to transport or connect the two different worlds. Because we also find out that uh, Cassandra gave Annabelle a jar of black paint. I think it was in the last episode. And mm -hmm. it turns out that that paint is actually mold. So whatever Annabelle is doing, because also she's now a spirit receiver officially somehow, I think. <laughs> it, and, and I don't know, like if Cassandra just like anoints someone that and then they become it or if Annabelle naturally had these powers, I have no idea. But yeah. it, the painting that Annabelle does is with that stardust mold. So through the looking glass, also like an homage to like Alice in Wonderland and stuff like that, where there's just different worlds. So it might not be time travel, but it might be like, yeah, just different worlds that are somehow merging or connecting. We also find out in that scene when Melody's still snooping around that she's a great hide and seek player. <laughs> like Samuel comes into the room as well. He's looking for something from Father Russo. He tries to pull something from his calendar, Cindy, and I try mm -hmm. to like zoom in on it. Couldn't figure out what was on that calendar, but he rips some piece of thing from the calendar and takes it with him. Oh, but yeah. He does grab a book one of those books i think all the intel that father russo has on him he grabs some book and takes it with him but melody hides on underneath the desk and for somehow like she's able to remain quiet and samuel does not notice that she's there so. yeah yeah i thought that was like oh come on people i know like that is like, that true do it that way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was great i mean there's one part where they're like trying to make it seem like dan uh samuel was gonna find her and then all of a sudden he backs away so it was like yeah. okay come on but yes <laughs> it was interesting because samuel you could tell what a charmer right like he's like telling the woman that works at the church like oh I, I just needed to find a book i have to return it back to the school that's why he was in the office then he starts snooping around and, and collecting stuff in in uh like to steal away um and then yeah. And then he's stopped only because that woman comes back. He's like, oh, thank you. I found the book. <laughs> great. Great. And it's like, what I else did he steal? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it was really funny. Um, but so then uh, towards the end, I think you should tell people what happened at the end um, as because now at this point, oh. Melody has come out of the church. And then he's also she also like accuses him of killing father russo and i don't know why she thinks that i mean aside from the fact well sorry she thinks that because she saw him in the church but i don't remember if she tells samuel that she was there also hiding in the same office right. i don't think she does she just kind of accuses him but i, I did want to talk about briefly the animals yeah. art show like right before then and so oh, yeah. you know, it, it hits into she they leave that scene, Father Russo's service, and then Annabelle has this art show. She's like, hey, there, you know, we see her earlier in the episode painting all these paintings. We don't know, we don't, we see some of it, but she has this like grand masterpiece as well. And I just one I wrote down, I was like, these are really good paintings. Like it was pretty insane how well this mold or this, you know, maybe this communication device of this black paint 
I was like, wow. And she was just trying to be like, Hey, look at this art. And I, and I think it, it, well, I guess she would, she didn't want to sell any of it. Right. Like she, people were interested in buying it because they were really impressed by it and she didn't want to sell it. And she has a really big meltdown. And this is when Melody and Kat or Annabelle start fighting too. Oh yeah, that's right. It's so, it's so like, um, uh, uh, like it's almost as if they're trying to uh, purposely make them become enemies for some reason. Um, so whatever the spirit receiver is or whatever the role a spirit receiver should have, which is what Annabelle is versus what Melody is, will be interesting to find out. Like, what is the, what is a spirit receiver? What do they do? And why is Melody like, uh, not allowed to talk with her, (laughs) you know, like, why can't they partner up? Like, why, why, why does there, why does there have to be a divide? I don't know. Yeah, Melody's like, let's get out of here. Let's go. And she's like, no, I'm staying here. And then I think she pushes her. And then there's this big fight. And then that's when Melody leaves and goes back to the Visser. And then she confronts Samuel and says, hey, man, I know what you're doing. You're doing all this stuff. And I don't know if you want to you want to hit that, but she, oh, yeah. that's when she accuses him of like, yes. hey, you're the one who pushed him da, 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 and does all these yes. things. And then something happens. And then crash, because they're right in front of the viscer at this time arguing. Crash comes uh, body, and the body is Chris Lee, the druggie that we talked about earlier. So he fell from one of the floors above and dies on the sidewalk right behind them in front of the viscer. And Melody does a great scream. She's that actress. She's just so good at this role, by the way. She's really really good. good. Um, But yeah, and then so it's like, what the hell? Why is all she just met this guy? Why, yeah. why she let him into her apartment, we'll still never know. But anyway, then she, and he does lead her to find out more about every, Father Russo and how Father Russo was trying to help him escape. So maybe that was the whole point that maybe Father Russo is really was genuinely trying to help people. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And maybe, and then we find out now all of a sudden because she's talked to Chris Lee, uh oh, he's, he's dead now. And is it because someone, whoever it is, found out that she talked to him? Like, did he reveal too much? Oh, because, the way she um, uh, the way Melody actually escaped from the, that room in the sixth floor was because the facilities manager or the custodian that yep. who like uh, helped her escape. I forgot what was happening. I think one of the other like people that were in there were going to attack her or something. I don't remember. Or maybe he was trying to protect her from Chris Lee. I don't know. So he I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, oh, boy, Melody found that room. And Chris Lee revealed all this stuff to her that we don't want her to know. And so that that's why he's going to die like I mean, that's basically what they're trying to say. But who knows? I guess hopefully it all ties up because we had a lot of deaths. Poor Chris dying. It was just trying to get better. (laughs) Exactly. But you know what? When I kept when I I kept thinking, though, like he's got to just be high. Like he he's such he was so good at acting like he was high. You can tell yeah. if he's trustworthy or not, except that, you know, once he, he talks about Father Russo, then, you know, something's got to be up. But then the another yet another reveal happened. <laughs> so then um, as Dan was watching this footage of Chris now having died and having been pushed from the building right behind Melody, we see um, Samuel come up to look at Chris's body in like complete disbelief. And then who walks up next to Samuel, Steve? Virgil shows up. The Virgil of present day who hires Dan starts showing up. And we don't know what that connection is, but he's there. 
and then boom, boom, boom. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Virgil WTF is now standing next to Samuel. Why? Why? How does he does it? And like, hello, that he's the one that hired um Dan to do all this. So he has to be in on it. Of course he is, right? Yeah. Diddy, I want to <laughs> ask you what it means. I think Netflix mm-hmm. does a great job of like always ending each episode with a cliffhanger because they know the binge model, right? They're releasing it. What did you think about that? That cliffhanger seeing Virgil was that enough for me? Like, oh, I can't stop watching. I got to go to the next episode. Or you're like, mm, I could take a break here. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. It's enough to go to the next episode because you know the whole time you're thinking that Virgil just is like some total stranger who has no idea what's on the tapes and is just high, you know like it was a, perf- a pure professional job. Even though of course there's like a lot of suspicious things that he's done, <laughs> but then to actually then see him in the footage itself having direct relationship with those that are in the footage is a little weird, especially for Samuel, who's like, obviously, um, like very suspicious that you, you wonder like, what, what else is he hiding? Why did he hire Dan? What does he know? And he's not revealing to Dan in this whole, in the first place. So yeah, lots of Virgil. Was he involved in Chris, like falling down or maybe pushing him? Because, you know, we always see these type of scenes where it's like, Oh, somebody falls, somebody dies. And then somebody's like, you know, in the background, just moving away. <gasps> oh my gosh. I didn't that. even think about it that way. Cause you know what? He, theoretically he could have had time to get from whatever floor he was on. Right. Downstairs and outside to view the body. Yeah. Oh, good one. <laughs> I had not even thought about that. I was just more concentrating on the fact that he was in the video in the first place. Yeah, me too. You know, no, I just thought about it right now. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? This could be connected. We'll find out, but there could be some connection between the two here too. I, I mean, honestly, all of it we'll know is connected because the Visser is doing some crazy yeah. ASS shit, but you know, like, <laughs> so, uh, but having to see uh, Virgil now directly involved in uh, through this footage, it's like, was another good mind blowing reveal. I love it. It was a good episode. I, I think it's getting starting to really pick up and I'm excited totally. to see what the next episode it's called the circle. So we're going to find out a little bit more about the circle that we found out a little bit about. It's a snuff film. We're going to find out a little bit more mm-hmm. in the next episode. Anything else on your list? No, nope. I think that's good. I can't wait for the next one. I don't think this is a strong, just like that, but I'll give it to you. All right. Yep. And just like that, I'll never visit the sixth floor of any building. in this building what kind of game are you playing who are you we're pioneers of the imagination we're going to succeed the whole of time hope is one 